We are in a message series, Pray Like Jesus, where we're focusing on the Lord's Prayer. And most often, unless you are raised Catholic, which is, you know, that's a helpful thing, you most often we just pray this on our own. But what's interesting when you actually look at the words of the Lord, Lord's Prayer, it's very plural. So, our Father, give us our daily bread, forgive us our sins, lead us. That's a lot of plural pronouns. And I think it indicates that it is to be prayed together at times. And so that's what we're going to do. That's going to be our opening prayer. So if you will stand, if you're able, and we're going to, the prayer will be on the screens. If you haven't memorized it, it is the New King James Version. I'm going to be praying a little bit more slowly because I want us to tune in to the Holy Spirit's presence. As we say these words, they're more than words. Uh, These are the words Jesus gave us specifically, and they're powerful. So pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Another place in scripture, Jesus said, if just two of you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, he said, it's going to be done for you by the Father in heaven. There's more than two people here, okay? And we just agreed uh, concerning all these petitions. So the Father's watching out for us. Now, I think prayer can be one of the most rewarding, one of the most fulfilling practices that we have as disciples of Jesus. I mean, you prayers that are answered, you know, a, a passing grade if you're a student, you know, getting into a certain college, a, a new job, a new home. And some of you just got new jobs. I know that. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, you know, or a good medical report, a, a reconciliation. So, I mean, answered prayer makes prayer so re- rewarding. In addition, hopefully, some of our prayer time, we are experiencing the sweetness of God's presence, Okay. But on the other hand, I think prayer can be one of the most frustrating practices that we have as Christians because, you know, we don't get what we ask for. I mean, sometimes that's a good thing because if I'd always gotten what I asked for, folks, I would be Mrs. Paul Newman. Yeah, there I am. Oh, now if you're too young and you don't know, this was a heartthrob. See those blue eyes? Oh, my goodness. I didn't get what I asked for. I did get (laughs) to be Mrs. Happy Lehman, and he's a heartthrob too, (laughs) with brown eyes. (laughs) No, no. Seriously, when we do commit 
to prayer and taking prayer seriously, we're going to encounter a lot of pain. We are. We're going to encounter confusion, mystery, frustration. We, we don't get answers that we want or we don't get any answers at all or we have that interminable waiting, 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 right? So in frustration, I've often wondered like, I'm praying, I'm praying this, Lord. Is something wrong with me, you know? Don't, don't all answer at once, okay, yeah. Is something wrong with me? You know, do I not have faith? Am I saying the wrong words? And then I'll even move into, well, is something wrong with God? Because he said to ask, and he isn't giving any answer. I mean, that's, that's very, very frustrating. Well, it's this frustration, as I persisted <laughs> through the years, through many years, that has led me time and time again to this very prayer the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus gave us in response to his disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, they had observed him early in the morning, uh, praying, sleeping on a boat, (laughs) you know, connecting with the Father. I mean, he he prayed constantly. They want to know, well, teach us to pray, Lord. And this is the prayer he gave. It's a very simple yet powerful prayer. And one, one reason I love it is can, it literally can be prayed anywhere. I mean, obviously, we just prayed it here in a worship service. But if you pray it individually, what I have found over the years, uh, most often I pray it while swimming laps <laughs> in a pool. But you can swim it walking, cooking, uh, showering, driving, on a beach, I mean, in your bed. I mean, you can pray it anytime, any place. And it's all-inclusive. It covers everything, and it's so simple. It's so simple. Now, I I am committed to prayer. I have been for many years. I'm no prayer warrior. I don't ever want you to get that idea. I've had a lot of failure, a lot of mistakes, but I stick with it by God's grace. I mean, I I can't stay on my knees for... Well, I can't stay on my knees at all now because they're too creaky, but I was going to say I couldn't stay on my knee, you know, like for hours at a time. I know the value of prayer, the delight of prayer. I know the power of prayer. I know the sweetness of prayer. I so want us to be a people of prayer. You know, Jesus knew we'd struggle. And I say, if you're struggling with your prayer life, why don't we pray like Jesus? You know, why don't we take a few lessons from him? Because this is the prayer that has quieted my heart over and over and over again, assuring me, no, I am his beloved daughter. He, he, he is going to meet my needs. Uh, I, I can trust him. These, these petitions are his will. I'm praying his will. He is going to keep me from the evil one. Ah. Oh. I can leave all my cares, my concerns, and more importantly, all the people that I love so much in his hands. Simply, succinctly. Now, we've said this is a pattern for prayer. It's not a prescription. We've said it's a format, not a formula. And what we mean by that, it's not just something you, you know, rotely recite maybe 20 times a day to get your prayer prayers in. I mean, you can if you want, but it's actually designed to break it down, to take a little bit of time. 
And today I want to focus on the phrase, hallowed be your name. In this message series, you know, we're taking it slowly. We're looking at each phrase and we're expanding it. We're examining it. So it's more than just words. We actually can connect with God through it. And when I first was taught this way back in the 1980s, a long time ago, um, we were challenged with Jesus's words. Can you not tarry one hour with me, which is his rebuke to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane when they all fell asleep and he went off to pray. (laughs) And so I learned this as a format for praying one whole hour with God. And, you know, to this day, I might spend an hour, more likely 30 minutes, maybe even only 15 minutes. The point is, it can draw you into the presence of the Lord listening to him, responding to him. And I've just, it to me has changed my life. Now, what was really unexpected in a, uh, as I stood back, I went, you know, actually praying this prayer on a regular basis, particularly the phrase, hallowed be your name, which we're going to get to in a moment, for over 30 years has resulted in answering one of my most popular prayers and one of my most earnest prayers, and that is, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I, I want to know more about you. you. Like, I get confused about God's character, right? When things go wrong in your life, you, you know, it, maybe you don't, but I can be like, God, you know, like, did you change your mind? You know, do you play favorites? You know, is your word not true? And you can be confused. And what I've discovered over the years, <laughs> praying this prayer, I've come to know him. Spoiler alert. He does not play favorites. He does not change his mind. And his love never fails. And every one of his promises are yes and amen. So my challenge to any of you, do you want to know God more? Do, do you want to know, know him? And of course, the word, when I speak know, it's a whole lot more than know about. You know, when we use that word, it's, do you want to experience him? You know, you can know a lot about him and never actually experience the reality of him in your life, speaking to you, touching you, changing you and the, the situations. You know, if you have confusion about God's character, which I have had, then you have no confidence. You, you can't trust somebody that you're like, confused or ignorant about, well, what are they really like? You know, we find that in any relationship. And what happens if you don't know God, there's a disconnect relationally. There's then a disconnect in prayer life because your trust is weak. And then last but not least, we start doing stupid things called sin. We don't know him. Praying the Lord's Prayer has revealed more of God to me and surprisingly more of who I am. I love that about God. It's not just revealing who he is. It's always in relationship with each of us and showing us who we are. And this changes how we live, how we interact with people, how we do our work, how we treat one another. So 
praying this portion of the Lord's Prayer, I like to say it helps eliminate confusion about God's character and increases our confidence in who he is and trusting him via prayer. Okay, hallowed be your name. Let's figure out what does that mean? I mean, who says the word hallowed? Use that lately? (laughs) Um, Maybe Halloween? It is a derivative, but it doesn't have anything to do with that, so we won't go down that rabbit trail. It's a strange phrase. It's actually found in the New King James, King James Version, but most often when it's a more uh, recent translation, it would be like, holy is your name, or may your name be honored. But the word hallowed is very, very confusing. I mean, through the years, if you were a child and you were taught uh, this prayer and you memorized it, maybe you had confusion like this little girl in the cartoon. Our Father in heaven, Harold be your name. (laughs) You know, I can kind of see how that happens because you're talking about a name and hallowed, a herald be your name. No. <laughs> All right. No, the word hallow simply means to sanctify. Well, that doesn't actually help. I mean, who uses the word sanctify? <laughs> All right. The word hallowed means to make holy, which I think is also just as confusing because we generally only use the word holy when maybe we're singing or talking you know, about something biblically or when we're using it inappropriately, like holy blank or whatever. But, um, well, it's true. Um, so the word holy, biblically, just means to set apart or to set even above. So it, it signifies being different and being unique. And it's, it doesn't mean like super spiritual or like morally uptight, although it can have spiritual connotations. What I want you to know is just the word holy connotes, wow, if something's holy, it's set apart. When we're talking about God, he is to be honored. He is different from us. He is above us. <laughs> he is not the same. And it's during This portion of the prayer, when I pray this, it's a perfect time just to worship him, just to take time and acknowledge how great he is, how wonderful that we love him, and, you know, all the things we do in worship, because we say, like, holy, holy, holy are you, but most of the time, we don't really know what that means. (laughs) Now, what I think is helpful is when we uh, pray holy is your name or hallowed be your name, the second portion, be your name, is going to add some depth here that will reveal to us more clearly who God is. Now, when I first was taught this format of praying the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, many, many years ago, I was encouraged when I came to the phrase, hallowed be your name, study the names of God. I mean, nowadays, you can just Google this, and there's tons of, tons of sites. They're actually really good. Or you can buy books, you know, uh, online. But I was shocked to learn there are hundreds of names of God. And at the time, I, you know, was a fairly new Christian as far as being filled with the Spirit. I discovered a wealth of truth about God. Why? Because biblically, the name of something isn't just a random name. It reveals character. It reveals depth. It reveals a uh, 
true picture of who this person is. And it was out of that, studying the names of God, that I could fall so deeply, deeply in love with him, not just by knowing the name, but by taking it seriously and inviting the Holy Spirit, make this real in my life. I want to experience it. He's a good shepherd. I want to know that. He's a healer. I want to experience that. He's my righteousness. Okay. And so when you look at the names of God, you are like entering this vast, vast field of study where you're going to encounter incredible depth, majesty that hopefully leads to worship and adoration. You know, parents, I know nowadays, it is more popular to really take seriously what you name your kids. And, you know, because that has very specific meaning, and that's very biblical to do that. Back when we were naming our kids, I mean, we thought seriously about their names. Um, but Happy, my husband, was just obsessed with the letter J. So all of our children, J.D., A.J., J.J., J.R. No, that's Julie. I'm not going to call her J.R. And uh, the, the baby's name was, I got to name him Corbin. But, oh, had to have that middle name of Joseph C.J. <laughs> well, those names weren't exactly like packed with meaning. But biblically, the name stood for so much more than just the fact that, oh, my husband liked the letter J. Yeah. No, for the Hebrews, the name stood for the whole character, who that person is. You know, so much so, you know, God changed the names of different people. You know, Abram became Abraham. Jesus changed the name of Simon to Peter, Saul to Paul. My very own husband had a very powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit where God changed his name from Howard, thank God, to Happy. And it was very powerful, very meaningful. And it had to do with the destiny on his life. I actually believe that's going to happen to some of you. I believe there's going to be an encounter where God take, gives you greater revelation uh, of your name. When I was in Israel this summer, um, I was with a, one of the leaders who speaks Hebrew. And uh, I mentioned, I called myself Di. And she goes, wait. Is that your name? I thought it was Diane. I go, oh, well, a lot of people call me Di. She goes, do you, do you know, like, in a certain vernacular of Hebrew what that means? I went, no. Enough. It was a Holy Spirit moment. Oh, I am enough. I am good enough. I am enough. It touched a wound anyway. Thankfully, that wound has a nice scar over it. Yeah. So we have... One God, three persons. And it does get confusing. I don't expect you to get this in 10 minutes today, okay? I mean, we know him by Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We can say, holy is your name. But he's going to give us more specific revelation. You know, if he didn't, you know, tell us really who he is, say, as a father, he could be a grumpy old man. Grumpy is your name, you know? Or as many people think, tolerant is your name, no? So anyway, we're going to discover some of his names and how that changes the way we pray, because we now have confidence in who he is. Now, some people say, I've read so many different numbers. There's 122 different names of God. There's 350, I don't know, 
it all depends on what Bible you're reading and what you're calling a name. But we're going to zero in on to just very, very few and very, very important aspects of God's name. Because we don't have to live in complete mystery as to his character and who he is. No, we can not only know him. He want, do you know he wants to reveal himself to you? What an amazing God. We have a God who wants to reveal himself in such a way you experience him. You experience him with answers to prayer, but in a lot of other ways too, so that you can love him and trust him more. So I love how the psalmist says, those who know your name put their trust in you. Can you just read that with me? This is powerful. And those who know your name put their trust in you. I love that. So, Lord, we want to know your name. We're thankful that you want to tell us your name, that you are a personal God, that, you know, names indicate that you're a person. <laughs> you're not a no name. You have a name. Holy is your name. And you know that loyalty to the name of God is all throughout the Bible. Just to flip through, you know, bless your name, honor your name, come in the name, pray in the name. I mean, name. There's only one name by which we're saved, and you know that name, Jesus. So the name, Jesus, of course, is the name above all names because he, he will embody every revelation of the name of God. It's fascinating. Now, last week, Leah focused on God as Father, and I just want to do a quick just side comment. She did a great job. It's very important to know that God is Father. That's healing for a lot of us, and we are a relational people. We have a relational faith. You know, we want to relate to Father, but I think there's a danger in that Father is also a familiar term. You know, Father is a, um, a human term, uh, the way we use it. And I think we can miss out on just the majesty of God, the greatness of God, uh, the almightiness of God, when we only relate to him as a father. He is a good, good father. You know, I had a good, good father, an earthly father. We all come from dysfunctional homes, but my father was a good father. But do you know, my father couldn't take away my sins. My father couldn't heal my body. My father couldn't make me into a brand new person. I need a big, big father, okay? Well, what is his name? What is his name? Hallowed be your name. That's the declaration that saves the idea of fatherhood from all sentimentality. <laughs> it calls us to recognize his uniqueness, his majesty, his greatness, his bigness, and a fresh confidence. He's got this. He's got this. He can handle whatever it is we're struggling, whatever it is we need. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. His name is above every other name. All right. Now, I'm just going to take you on a short little journey of how God chose to reveal his name for the first time. And this was helpful to me back when I learned this and have continued actually to study this because it goes on and on and on. You know that scripture is just revelation after revelation after revelation. after. That's why you don't give up on reading the Bible because the Holy Spirit is just ready to reveal more and more to you, okay? So 
Um, all throughout Genesis, we have God identify himself, and he uses the prefix el, E-L. And that's actually a prefix that just refers to God, and it can refer to any kind of God, a lesser God. Uh, Elohim refers to our God. He's a plural God, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then all throughout Genesis, he uses that term like he's El Shaddai. He says that to Abraham, and that means I love this. He's the all-sufficient one. But when you really read it and understand the Hebrew, he's the breasty one. He nurtures you. He holds you. So those are all fascinating. But what's interesting, it isn't until we get to Exodus 3 that God chooses to actually reveal his name. All these others are like descriptors or titles, if you will. It's like he hands you a business card, Elohim, and then you turn it over and, oh, his name, which we're going to discover, is none other than Yahweh. Not a word you use every day. Okay, so let's go. Exodus 3, we find Moses. He's escaped as a Hebrew prince from Egypt. After killing an Egyptian, he's been on the backside of the desert for 40 years, right? And while he's there, um, one day just minding his own business, he has this encounter with a burning bush, which is not unusual except the bush doesn't burn up. And then all of a sudden, a voice comes out of the bush. Folks, we believe the Bible. We actually believe this happened, okay? And the voice says, Moses, Moses. Do you know God knows your name? He knows your name. He calls to you. And God calls to Moses, and Moses stops, and he realizes, as he's told, take off your shoes. This is what? Holy ground. This is a hallowed moment. This is unique. This is going to be different. And so it's very intense. And it does reveal an aspect to God's character I think we need to tune into a little bit more to our benefit, actually. So he has this encounter. Well, it's, God has an assignment for Moses. He's sending him back to the very country he ran away from because the sound of the Israelites has reached the ears of our almighty God. They are enslaved for 400 years, horribly oppressed by the Egyptians, and now Moses is being sent to deliver them, which is obviously a huge job, especially going back to the country that you know, he fled from for fear for his life. And what I think is interesting is, like, you know, Moses is like, well, who am I? You know, who am I? Don't ever say that to God. You want to know why? Because his response is, doesn't matter, quote, who you are, so to speak. You, you are enough, number one. But secondly, he said, I will be with you. So whatever assignment God has for you, whatever the mission, whatever the work, whatever, and you think, I can't, I can't do it. No, I am with you. I am with you. Well, Moses then tries another trick because he doesn't want to go. Exodus three thirteen. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Ah. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Well, that's confusing. 
I mean, but it's very significant. He is giving us his name for the very first time. I am, I am, I've always been, I always will be. I will be what I will be. I'm everything. I own it all. I created everything. I give life. I sustain life. I sustain everything. I am. I am. I am the great I am. And I am present and I am personal and I am permanent. I do not change. This is marvelous revelation. Now, it gets pretty complicated, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar or anything, but the actual name, as it's rendered in the Hebrew, is just the letters Y-H-W-H. Hebrews, Orthodox Jews refuse to say it to this day. It's too holy. I mean, this is the revelation of God, where he's revealing his personal name. It's like, it is stunning. So when we say that, we put vowels in there so we can say Yahweh. We just put vowels in. And we don't even use that much in any of our worship, maybe some songs, and it can seem strange, but it's actually really, really important because this is God's personal name. The rest of the Bible often translates it just as L-O-R-D, Lord, and that's for a whole other reason. But some people call it Jehovah. That's, you know, another train of thought. But this is the point. Yahweh is found over 6,000 times in the Bible. It's God's personal name. It denotes a God who wants to reveal himself unceasingly to each of us. This is his name. But often with the word Yahweh, you know, I am who I am. I am, he gives us a revelation. I am Yahweh Rapha. I am the God who heals you. I am Yahweh Jireh, I am the God who provides for you. I am Yahweh Tiskanu, I am the God, your righteousness. And you can, I was led into just a beautiful study of all of these names of God, each revealing more and more of his character. And what do they do? They all culminate in one beautiful name, Yahweh Yeshua, Jesus, the Lord your God saves you from all sin. <laughs> So there's a lot of teaching there, which we don't have time to get into today, but I want you to know this has changed my prayer life, and I'm not like a scholar like that. It just brought into my reality, this is who my God is, his name. And when you get to the name of Jesus, what does he do? What, what, what made the Pharisees so, so mad? He said, before Abraham was, I am. And then he fulfilled every one of the names revealed in the Old Testament. I am your righteousness. I am your healer. I am the good shepherd. I am your protector. I am the resurrection and the life. I mean, it's amazing. Okay, we got to worship him. But I got to bring this back down that all those who know his name put their trust in you. So how does this change? your prayer life. I hope, I hope you're giving it a try to begin to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And that when you come to hallowed be your name, you'll allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Three things often happen for me, just as we've already said, I use it as a time just to worship him. Just take a few moments, maybe just dial up a, a song on my phone, or just worship him. But as I do that, I find 
depending on the situation in my life, I allow the Holy Spirit to release fresh trust and faith in my heart, in him, in all that he is. And last but not least, I try to live it out. Slight rabbit trail, will not stay here. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Folks, it means a whole lot more than stop cussing, although I wish you'd do that too. So can't resist. It's the mother in me. It's the grandmother in me. Really, Christians, why is that junk coming out of our mouths? But taking the, name's Lord and taking the Lord's name in vain actually means living in a way that does not reflect his name that he is our righteousness, he is our healer, he is the Lord of our lives, okay? Okay, back to pray. Oh, I gotta stop this. I need to tell you a quick story to show you how I recently, again, uh, I pray this prayer at least five times a week, but it, it, it varies. Okay, I don't want you to think I'm doing more than I am. So eight months ago, um, my mouth began to be filled with all these sores. And they were painful. They kind of moved around. Um, they, they were annoying. Um, and I, I tried swishing, you know, different things. But I went to the dentist, and he said, oh, I think you're just brushing your teeth too hard. You need a softer toothbrush. You need Sensodyne toothpaste. And you need this mouthwash. Okay, fine. So that was last May, then June, July, August, September, October. Getting worse, getting worse not going away. Folks, don't Google diseases, please. <laughs> but see, for me, it was even worse. See, I watched my mother die of mouth cancer. It was very painful, very painful. The, the cancer was painful, but watching her lose her ability to eat, her face got distorted, I mean, all of it. Well, what, what is the enemy telling me? Of course, I have mouth cancer. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, of course, he is, is a liar. Well, finally, it's bad enough, I go back to the dentist, and he takes one look and he goes, whoa. Okay, you need to see a periodontist. I'm like, okay. And he writes out the description, and he has me call the periodontist and describe what's going on. The periodontist said, I can get you in tomorrow. Great. <laughs> um, so I go, and he's like, oh, yeah. Mm. And he names this autoimmune virus. Well, I know that this is the same autoimmune virus that my mother had before it became mouth cancer. But I'm thinking, okay, it's just a virus. He goes, but you know what? I need to take a biopsy. Don't you hate the word biopsy? I hate that word. But he takes a biopsy. He goes, well, you'll have the results in 10 days. I'm like, 10 days? What century are we living in? But, you know, but it's a good time to pray, hallowed be your name, which I did faithfully every day. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. You are you are my healer. You are the faithful God. You are the lover of my soul. You over and over and, and over. I mean, I won't bore you with the details. I just want you to know that daily I was able to just stop and say, I honor you as my healer. I honor you as the one who loves me. And know what? No matter what happens, I choose to trust you. That's important. 
Okay, 10 days pass, two weeks pass. Julie says, mother, get on the phone and call. I go, oh, they said they're going to call me. I don't want to be one of those. Get on the phone. Okay, honey, got on the phone. And the nurse, oh, yes, oh, yes, I, mm, yeah, I know who you are. Oh, I'm sorry, Dennis is going to have to call you himself. Oh, isn't that what you always want to hear? He has to call you himself because he has such bad news for you, right? Wait another two hours, and he calls, and he says, well, yep, got your results. Well, it's not cancer. I'm like, holy is your name. I made up my mind, though, no matter what. It didn't change my trust in him and my love for him. That he is faithful no matter what. I want to invite you. Know the names of God. And then let the Holy Spirit bring the experience of that reality as you commit to praying, hallowed be your name. Father, we get to worship you now, calling on your name, the name above all names. And may we honor you truly today. And in your name we pray, amen.